time is measured differently. So when God speaks from the eternal dimension of heaven into the earth realm, he speaks of his intention and he speaks of what he is determined to do. But he understands the when. Okay? Because God works according to the fullness of time in this context. Here's an illustration. <clears throat> you think about the day of Pentecost. I don't know how many years before the day of Pentecost Joel prophesied in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I've asked several friends of mine who are much more versed in these things than I am. And most of them say, well, it could have been <laughs> it could have been centuries actually. It's probably less, but you know. So anybody hearing Joel at that point is going to be expecting what Joel prophesied but has no idea really of when. Because the last days is a very elastic kind of time measure. But then if you shift into the book of Acts when the fulfilment of that prophecy came it's very interesting how it's worded. Acts 2.1 says and when the day of Pentecost had fully come what does that mean? You see, I'll explain. God is, doesn't do things haphazardly. Oh no. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows his time frames. He knows precisely how, when things will happen. Why? Because... God doesn't measure time in this context by an arbitrary date. Because to fulfill prophecy there has to be a cooperation of earth with heaven. Because prophecy is not self-fulfilling. So heaven is waiting for earth to respond and to bring into being on the earth the context within which the prophetic word will be fulfilled. That is the fullness of time. If you think about it, when Joel prophesied concerning the coming Holy Spirit to the time it actually happened, so many things had to be in place before the fullness of time was there. Well, for one thing, for sure, Jesus had to be born. Jesus had to live, he had to die, he had to be raised from the dead, he had to ascend to the Father. All of that had to happen before God could send the Holy Spirit. Because he said that all had to happen. There are lots of other things as well. Even in the earth realm, I believe, like the Roman Empire and everything, the Roman Empire was instrumental in the spreading of the gospel hugely. It was the context, the connecting, you know, network, if you like, through which um, the good news of the gospel and the kingdom could spread. All of this had to be in place. And I believe on a given day, and God was waiting for this actually as the touch paper. 
he said of the 120 they were all together and in one place and that all together one accord is the word homothymodon which in the Greek literally means it's the symphony and the harmony of an orchestra when they were all together in one place and when they were crying out to God and they were in that kind of harmony and symphony shall I tell you what happened there came a compatibility between heaven and earth because what God was looking for as the context for his spirit to be poured out had come into being and I just imagine the father sitting in heaven watching all these pieces coming together and I could just imagine I mean this is prophetic license but I can just imagine a shout going forth in heaven it's now it's now when earth has positioned itself to line up with heaven when it's in accord with heaven when there's a harmony on earth with all that's going on in heaven the time frame shifts from what could be decades years or even centuries of preparation we then come under a suddenly of God and so time scales then completely change because God says it's ready bang I'm sorry is that alright that's what a suddenly sounds like yeah and I just want to say to you those of you precious servants of God who've hung around this region waiting and some of you are probably feeling you'd never say it because you're not allowed to say those things but you know well I won't even say it you know what I'm, gonna, I'm thinking do you know God understands that but we need to understand God and his word if it truly is his prophetic word will not return empty it will accomplish what God sent it forth to do but I'll tell you something about the prophetic word a true prophetic word is very creative and what it does when released into the atmosphere of earth it begins to bring about transformation and change for the very purpose that I said just now to create a context that doesn't exist isn't that beautiful? let there be light and there was light yeah that's creative so as we sit here tonight we are sitting in a region that is rich in the prophetic word I know that because I was around some of those things when they were happening So what it tells me is the atmosphere around here is pregnant. But you don't know and I don't know the day and the hour. But what the Lord is saying is get ready. It's the same when Jesus returns, you know. What's he waiting for? The fullness of time. A number of criteria, but one of them is that the bride has made herself ready. 
So we need to be listening to the prophetic word that comes when it's speaking about harmony, unity, intercession, you know, declaration, all these things are all part of preparing the context for God to come. And he will come. He will come. And the history books are littered with places where God came. I just want to say one other thing to conclude and then we just want to pray. Past revivals have often been short-lived. God has come. Incredible things have happened. The Welsh revival would be a case in point. But it's now gone into the history books. God is doing something on such a scale in our day because he's not looking at a region, he's looking at a nation more than that, but let's say a nation at the moment. And he's preparing a nation to actually contain the glory of God. It's the old strap line people use, God is tired of visitations, he wants habitation. Easy to say, but the reality is God is looking for dwelling places on earth. Communities of his people who know how to be so positioned together, so loving one another, so without division, so in harmony, so expectant, so longing, so crying out that he won't be able to keep away. And he'll come. He'll come running. But it's not haphazard. It's where people have made a place for him. And this revival, I think the reason God is taking his time over it is that he's looking for prepared places. And one of the things he wants to teach us is how do we host the presence? Not to lose it. I think revival in the context that we talk about it is just out of church history. But actually, when I think about it, I think, was it not true that the immediate post-Pentecost church is what God intended to continue? It's not like God to start something and to stop it. In fact, it's against his character because he is the author and the completer. So God is preparing a place, and I just want to say to you, if it's taking time, cooperate with God. Understand the ways of God. Release your frustration. Or even deferred hope, which can make your heart feel pretty sick. They tell me. Right. So I, I just feel I want to pray. Could you stand for me? Father, I want to ask you, even as Paul prayed over the Ephesian church, that a spirit of wisdom and of revelation would rest upon them. 
Father, the knowing what and the knowing how and when. Father, I call into being that understanding, that revelation of the ways of God. And Father, where there are precious people here who've been so faithful, Father, I want to bless them. Thank you for them. Lord, they've kept the door open. Father, we want to reach out tonight and pray for probably hundreds in this region. We bailed out, Lord, because they didn't understand and promises appeared not to be delivered. But Father, you've never failed. Your word is true. You're utterly trustworthy. And tonight, Lord, we want to declare in this place that the promises that you've made over this region stand. Because you are not a man who can lie, but you are the living God. You're the author of truth. You are truth. And so, Father, this evening, we call into alignment your body in this area to align with the truth of the prophetic words spoken. And Father, I pray for anyone tonight who's teetering on the edge of any kind of doubt or cynicism because of their journey. I pray right now you'd wash that away in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for restoration. There are folk here tonight who once burned with expectation. And it's not that you've completely rubbished it. But God wants to bring it back onto your agenda for the now of your life. So I bless you in Jesus' name. And Father, if there are those here who have hope deferred, Father, I pray tonight for restoration. Hope being a confident expectation of what God has promised coming to pass. It's one of my spiritual dads, Arthur Wallace, used to say, hope is faith in a future tense. Beautiful. Oh God. Father, just roll out your spirit. And Lord, I pray that you will ignite our hearts and align our hearts, Lord, with your words to us as a church, as a body of Christ in this region for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. Father, thank you that this region has pioneered so much. But Father, it's not a time to rest on laurels. It's the time to take up the mantle again. In Jesus' name.